I've been teaching now on a subject that I've entitled Christian Philosophy, and we have covered some powerful, powerful things. You know, I've got a brand new book by this topic entitled Christian Philosophy and a study guide, new DVDs, new CDs. I really encourage you to get this because this differs from some of my books in the sense that it's not just a straight theological teaching, but it has charts and graphs and quotations and statements in there and things that I believe are going to give ammunition or resources to many of you who already embrace these truths and it'll just allow you to defend your faith. And hopefully for those of you who may be on the fence and wavering on some of these Christian philosophies, Christian values, uh, it would uh, push you over the fence and get you on our side where you believe what the Bible has to say about it. And we've already covered a lot of really, really great topics. And uh, what I want to do today is to begin to start talking about a Christian philosophy or worldview attitude towards homosexuality. And let me just preface this by saying that I'm not against anybody. I'm not here to condemn people, but I am here to help. And I'm here to say some positive things. And I know that in our society today, it has become politically incorrect to differ with anybody who holds that homosexuality is an accepted lifestyle, etc. And I know that I'll be criticized even by Christians saying that we shouldn't be doing this and they will put me in the category of gay bashers and people who are doing all of these kind of things. But let me just start with a passage of Scripture over here in uh, Leviticus chapter 19. And in verse 17 it says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart, Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge. Thou shalt not bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Now Jesus quoted from these exact passages of Scripture when he was asked, What is the greatest commandment? And he quoted from Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. And the context of this, he's talking about loving your neighbor. And in verse 17, he says, Thou shalt not hate thy neighbor in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Now this is really interesting. And this is a combination that a lot of people wouldn't make today. There's a lot of people that will sit there and say, Well, you know, I just don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to uh, make anybody feel like I'm condemning them or whatever. And so we withhold the truth from people because we say that we're trying to walk in love. And yet the Lord is saying that it is love to tell a person the truth and rebuke him. And if you don't do that, you hate your neighbor. Now this is absolutely opposite the way a lot of people, even a lot of Christians view this. And they think, no, I'm walking in love not to say these things to people because it might upset them. But the truth is what sets people free. John chapter 8 verse 32 says, You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's only the truth that sets you free. Biting your lip and not telling people the truth because you think that they might be offended is not going to set a person free. 
So I want to preface all of these things that I'm going to say that I'm not against anybody. It's actually because I love people that I'm wanting to tell people the truth. Homosexuality, and I'm going to show you a lot of scriptures. I'm going to show you a lot of statistics, even from the gay and lesbian website, which they posted in order to solicit sympathy. But their very statistics show that homosexuality is a very destructive lifestyle. And I know that there's some of you that have a philosophy that you won't even entertain this. You just want to turn it off because you, you just think, well, this is, this is wrong. You shouldn't say anything against it. I challenge you to listen and to check out the facts. And I'm not saying any of these things in anger. I've got friends who have been homosexuals. Now, I, I can't say that I've got friends that are practicing homosexuals because if I get around them, I influence them and I help bring them out of that. But we've had, uh, we've had homosexuals, lesbians, transgenders in our Bible school. And you know what? We have not rejected them. We reach out in love and tell them that Jesus loves them, wants to set them free. We do not reject the person, but we do reject the lifestyle because it is a destructive lifestyle. And I am telling you the truth. And I know that there's many people, again, that have a philosophy that just will not allow them to embrace the things I'm saying. They won't even listen to anything contrary. Well, you're the ones that are narrow-minded and closed-minded. I'm telling you that I am sharing the truth with people, just like the Scripture says right here. I'm rebuking you in this area, not you, that God hates you. But I'm saying that God hates that lifestyle because it's a destructive lifestyle and I'm saying these things in love. You know, here's an example of what I'm talking about. That I live up in the mountains of Colorado. We've got Highway 24. It's a mountain road that goes up a pass. And it's a twisty, turny road. And yet the speed limit on it is uh, 50, 55 miles an hour. And uh, so I was coming home one night. It was dark. It was late at night. It was in the winter. There was a fog. And you could see, but you couldn't see very well. And anyway, I was going about 50, 55 miles an hour around a sharp curve in the road. And a guy just flew past me. And I mean, not very far after he got in front of me, it was a four-lane divided road. And uh, so there was two lanes going up the pass. And not far after he got in front of me, I saw his brake lights come on and then his car jerked way to the right. So I immediately... Uh, you know, slammed on my brakes and I came to rest on the shoulder of the road right next to his car and he had hit a horse and that horse hit right in the uh, windshield of the driver's area and it caved it in and he was damaged. He was sitting there bleeding and I was sitting in the car just right next to him. He, he was in the left lane, but when he hit the horse, it pushed him to the right lane. I was on the shoulder. We were just right parallel to each other. And as I was sitting there looking at him and assessing the situation, a Suburban came around the corner about 55 or 60 miles an hour, and it hit this horse that was laying in the road. And the horse's legs were laying towards the car that was coming, so that car went up the legs, and then the horse had its head up in the air, and it just decapitated this horse. We never did find the head of this horse. And that car flew about, I don't know, 10 feet in the air high and about 30 or 40 feet long and hit the ground. And the woman was able to get the car back under control, but her head actually pushed up into the roof of the car and made a dome in it. Uh, I mean, it hurt her and she was, she was suffering. So anyway, here was this terrible situation. 
uh, all three lanes or two lanes of the road and the shoulder were blocked. The shoulder was blocked with my car. The wreck was in the right lane. The horse was in the left lane. Another car had already wrecked. And it was a dark night, mountain road. Um, there was fog. And I knew that people coming around that corner were going to be going 50 to 60 miles an hour. And it was just a recipe for disaster. So you know what I did? I ran back around the curve to where people couldn't see this wreck. But I was around the curve. It was a dark night with fog. And I started jumping out in front of cars that were going 50 and 60 miles an hour. And because there was fog, they couldn't see me until they were nearly on me. And I mean, it was dangerous. But I figured it was better for them to see me and to stop and slow down than it was to go around the corner. There would have been a pile up of who knows how many cars. And it took about 30 minutes for the police to get there. And during that period of time, I couldn't tell you, but I bet you I stopped 100 cars. And people got mad. People were honking their horn. People pulled over on the side of the road and yelled at me and then took off. And uh, you know what? I did not like the fact that people thought I was just a drunk or who knows what they were thinking about me. People cursed me. People waved at me with just one finger. People did everything. I mean, they were hot at me. They totally misunderstood what I was doing. But I'm convinced that when they got around the corner and saw the wreck and saw the potential damage, I bet you many of those people who were mad at me all of a sudden realized what I was trying to do and recognized that I was literally putting my life at risk trying to save the life of other people. And you know what? I think that that's the right thing to do. And that's what this verse is talking about. That you know what, people don't always like to hear what you have to say. But if you've got the truth, you need to tell people the truth because it's only the truth that is going to set people free. And so I preface all of these things that I'm going to be saying about homosexuality that I am not against homosexuals. I love them. The scripture says it lists homosexuality in the same list that it lists gluttons, that it lists liars, that it lists adultery and fornication. You know what? I love people who've had sexual immorality. I love people who lie, people who are covetous and things like that. I tell them that God loves them and wants to set them free. I'm not against them. I'm not against homosexuality. Or Let me rephrase that. I'm not against homosexuals, but I am against homosexuality because it is a destructive lifestyle. And so I'm jumping out in front of you, even though many of you are going to get mad, many of you are going to misunderstand my motive, and you're going to judge me and just write me off and all of these things. But I'm saying the truth because it's the truth that is going to set you free. And whether you realize it or not, contrary to what our society is being told, homosexuality is not an acceptable lifestyle. It is not just the same thing as a, homo, as a uh, heterosexual couple that just, you know, just chose to have two women or two men, but it's the exact same thing and they're just normal people. That is not an, a truth. And I'm going to show you from Scripture. I'm going to show you God's opinion about this. I'm also going to give a tremendous amount of statistics about this. And if you would just analyze the truth, the facts, I believe that you would have to see why God hates homosexuality. He doesn't hate homosexuals, but He hates homosexuality because it is a perversion, it is a demonic deception, and it, and it is a very, very destructive lifestyle. In 2009, President Obama 
held a uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender uh, Pride Month reception at the White House. And here is a direct quote from him. This was in 2009, just right after he was put in office. He said, there are unjust laws to overturn and unfair practices to stop. And though we've made progress, there are still fellow citizens, perhaps neighbors or even family members and loved ones who still hold fast to worn arguments and old attitudes, who fail to see your families like their families and who would deny you the rights that most Americans take for granted. We must recognize that real progress depends not only on the laws we change, but as I said before, on the hearts we open. For if we're honest with ourselves, we'll acknowledge that there are good and decent people in this country who don't yet fully embrace their gay brothers and sisters. Not yet. Now that's a quotation from President Obama at the White House hosting a lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual thing. His remarks, uh, I believe, accurately reflect the attitude of the liberal establishment in the United States today, and that is that they believe that these are worn-out arguments and archaic ideas that cause people to reject the notion of homosexuality. Another way of saying that is that they reject the authority of Scripture. They do not believe that the Scripture is relevant to us today, that somehow or another we've evolved past the Scripture, and I reject that 100%. And I'm going to be showing you what the Bible has to say about this. And it is absolutely, listen to this statement because I believe this is true. It is absolutely impossible for any Christian to square acceptance with a homosexual lifestyle with the Word of God. The Word of God condemns it, not the individuals, but condemns the practice without exception. There is not a single embracing of this. There is never a promotion of it. It is an unscriptural principle. And any person who embraces homosexuality, promotes it, lobbies for the acceptance of it, is in direct opposition with the Word of God. Now see, it's always couched differently. They say that there are people that are rejecting you and hurting you, and they present it as if these people are being persecuted and things like that. But they never present it from a scriptural standpoint. I believe it's wrong to come out against the people who are homosexuals, but we need to come out against the behavior because society has to establish what norms are. And I'll be going through a lot of different things here in showing this, but did you know that since homosexuality has been accepted, they have great gay prides and things like this. Now it is actually being promoted. So it has gone far beyond just a tolerance towards homosexuals, but now they are lobbying for acceptance and even promoting it as an accepted and a um, normal lifestyle. And it's not. That does not square with the Word of God. And if you claim to be a Christian, I am not sitting here, I'm not judging you on whether or not you are born again. But I am saying this, that if you are a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian, and if you promote homosexuality as an acceptable lifestyle, and it should be tolerated, promoted, and advanced, if you believe that you are taking a stand that is completely against the Word of God, period.
That's just the truth. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to hurt you, but I'm telling you the truth. And we're talking about a Christian philosophy, a Christian way of looking at things. And I'm telling you that this is an ungodly concept. It is contrary to Scripture. And you cannot embrace homosexuality if you embrace the Bible. Now again, you can embrace homosexuals and you can reach out and love them and minister to them, but is it, it is an unacceptable lifestyle based on the Word of God. The gay rights movement got its start after the Stonewall riots in Greenwich Village in New York City in 1969. Now there may have been some other things, but I mean this is accepted by many people as when it really gained its prominence. The, uh, the law officers came into a gay bar and shut it down and began to start uh, physically uh, beating people and doing things. And because of it, there was a backlash and they rioted in the streets. And most people recognize that that is the beginning of the gay rights uh, activists and when it began to start gaining acceptance. And in the early 1990s, the movement really began to make headway with the claim that homosexual, homosexuality was genetic. And suddenly, in the minds of many people, homosexuality transformed from something that was a choice, a wrong choice that people were making, and it began to start getting this status that it was just the way that God made people. It's just normal. It's natural that it's not a perversion. And uh, one of the reasons that they say this, in 1991, there was a study done by Bailey and Pillard and it studied identical twins. And it said that when one identical twin was a homosexual, that the other identical twin, uh, there was a greater percentage of them that also became homosexual. So from this, they deduced that there was genetic disposition to being uh, a homosexual. And the media just took this and ran with it and began to start saying it has now been proven that homosexuality is a genetic thing. It's uh, based in your DNA and a person can't help it. But what they ignored was in that same study, it also studied adopted siblings. And of course, adopted siblings do not have the same DNA. They aren't from the same family. And that same study found that when you have adopted siblings in the same home, that if one was a homosexual, that it also tended with a greater frequency for the other sibling to be a homosexual. And so that definitely wasn't related to genetics. It was environment. It was the morals of that family. It was the influence of one sibling over another. And so it was an environment thing that caused this. And even though that was in that same study, and if a person would have been honest looking at this study, they would have had to come to the conclusion that this does not prove that there's a genetic disposition. Instead, the media just accepted some of the conclusions without really studying the thing and started promoting it. And this has been uh, cited many times as there is statistical proof that there's a genetic disposition, but that's not so. As a matter of fact, you can see that this is a product of uh, philosophies, what you would call it. You know, I've been teaching this whole series from Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. And philosophy is talking about a system of thought, a way of thinking. And in the late 1800s, there came the Enlightenment. Actually, I guess you could 
uh, trace it back probably before that, but in the 1800s you had the Enlightenment and you had this philosophy that God was not the author of things, that God was not the creator. Things just evolved. Darwinism it was an important part of that because if people think that this just evolved and it's happenstance and everything just has a natural cause, that God didn't create us, therefore we aren't responsible to a creator, once you cross that line and begin to start believing that, basically you just have a philosophy that everything is just human. Everything is just natural. There's really no difference between a man and a dog except that we've evolved better than they have. And so there was a philosophy. The Enlightenment is what it was called. And it was a philosophy that just tried to find a chemical, organic reason for everything. And I tell you, this has gone to absurd extremes. The point I'm making is, see, they're trying to take responsibility away from us. It's not our choices. And we blame this and we say that all of the uh, uh, substance abuses are people that are just genetically predisposed to that and that it's not their fault. It's a sickness like anything else. And that is absurd. Again, I go back to the Word of God. The Word of God holds people accountable for their actions. It all has to do with responsibility. And God would be unjust to hold you accountable and judge you for something that you have no control over. I believe everybody sees the wisdom of that. And so the very fact that the Bible says this is right, this is wrong, you do what's wrong, here's a punishment, and God judged people. God wouldn't have done that if you just could not help yourself if you were genetically disposed. I think that the reason all of this has come is because of a philosophy again. People are trying to take uh, responsibility away from people. You are nothing but an animal and you can't control yourself and you're just controlled by hormones and by circumstances and things like this, and that is absolutely untrue. That is not what the Word of God teaches. And the Word of God is the establishing uh, factor on my philosophy, and the Word of God holds people accountable for homosexuality. It is a sin. It is not the impardonable sin. It is not something that's different than other things. I personally, if you were just going to be categorizing sins, which according to James chapter 2 is not right because it says if you keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, you become guilty of all. So sin is sin. It doesn't matter if it's big sin or little sin. But if I was going to categorize sin, I would consider the sin of self-righteousness and a person trusting in their own goodness and saying that Jesus isn't enough, that Jesus isn't necessary. I'm righteous on my own. I think that that's the worst sin of all. I think that that's worse than homosexuality. But I still believe that it's a sin. I believe that self-righteousness is a sin. I believe that homosexuality is a sin. I believe that God has died for our sins. He has offered forgiveness. I believe that homosexuals can be forgiven and cleansed. I've mentioned that I have friends that have been homosexuals that have studied with this, that struggled with this, and I have uh, still stayed friends with them. I've not rejected any of these people. I am not against the individuals, but homosexuality is a sin according to the Bible, just like any other sin, and it can be stopped. And so we should not promote this. And so anyway, there's a lot of other things that I could uh, say statistically about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, just let me turn over and read this passage. And again, I'm going to start using... A lot of scriptures here to make these points. 
I've had actually some homosexual, homosexuals challenge me before and say, well, the Bible doesn't teach against homosexuality. And when a person says something like that, I think, man, you haven't read the Bible. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah is forever an exclamation point on God's view about homosexuality. But there's a lot of scriptures on this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and in verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor um, adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And in the next verse it says, And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so this list, homosexuality, this uh, phrase in the King James where it says, Abusers of themselves with mankind, is talking about homosexuality. If you look the actual Hebrew or the Greek word up right there, it means a sodomite, referring back to the uh, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it's a term for homosexuality. And uh, the newer translations, the NIV, the uh, uh, Amplified Bible and others, uh, translate this as homosexuals. And so it says that these things are sin. Now, let me put it in context. It's not any worse of a sin than adultery, than all of the other things that are listed here. Um, all of the effeminate is listed as a sin. Idolatry. And uh, the modern-day idolatry, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it says covetousness is idolatry. And that's the modern-day idolatry. And people love money and love all of the things that it can produce. It's a sin, just like all of these other things are sins. I'm not trying to say that homosexuals are worse than everybody else, but I am saying that it's a sin just like anything else. And it can be forgiven. And God, it says, such were some of you that you can be forgiven of this. But for people to promote this as a normal lifestyle, that is absolutely demonic. That is a perversion. That is not what the Scriptures teach. It is against all of these things that the Word teaches. And again, I refer back to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 17. It says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. And you know what? That's what I'm doing. I'm telling you the truth. That homosexuality is a sin. It is not genetic. That is flawed research. Even the people who have researched it admitted that that did not conclusively prove anything. And yet the media and the gay homosexual uh, agenda has taken this and rammed it down the throat of the Americans public, not only us, but I mean in Holland, many places they've now openly endorsed it and promoted this, and it is a destructive lifestyle. Here's a statement by the, by the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender uh, community, and here's a quote. It says, it is imperative that the LGBT, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender rights advocates work with and within communities of faith to reclaim from the right wing the true meaning of moral values. That's their quote, and that was quoted from the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force Statement on Faith 
And uh, that was on the website. We accessed it July the 5th, 2011. But that is on their website. And this is their statement. They're saying that they are actively pursuing the community of faith to embrace, accept, and actually promote homosexuality and all of these different things. And one of the reasons that they've been so successful is because they've gotten many of these religious organizations to accept it. They've actually ordained homosexual priests. They've uh, performed homosexual marriages and things like this. But uh, it's against the Word of God. I don't care who promotes it. The Word of God stands against it. There is a tremendous amount of liberal Christianity who embraces homosexuality, but that doesn't make it right. You have to come back to the Word of God. And the story of Sodom and Gomorrah once and for all proves that God does not accept homosexuality. Here's the story from uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis chapter 19. It says, But before they lay down, the man of the city came even the man of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. You know, in the King James, the term know is used to refer to the sexual act between a man and a woman. It says Adam knew his wife Eve and that she conceived. And so this is talking about the sexual act. And it's very clear in the other translations. For instance, uh, here's the NIV translation of that. It says, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. So it's very clear that they were talking about having sex with these men, men having sex with men. It was homosexuality. And because of this, these two angels blinded all of those people, took Lot by the hand and his wife and his two daughters. Now, he had other daughters that were married to people in the city, and yet they didn't come with him. But Lot, his wife, and two daughters came out of Sodom with him, and God reigned fire and brimstone from heaven upon the city and killed all of those people. And it says that this was done to be a witness to everyone uh, to come about God's standard of morality and what right and wrong was. Now again, a person can sit there and say, well, I reject the Bible and I don't believe this and I believe that this is wrong. But you cannot sit here and say that you're a Christian and hold to the Bible as being accurate and then embrace homosexuality. It is inconsistent with God's standards that are shown in the Word of God. Now let me make this clear, that in the Old Testament, anytime you found a homosexual, and they were also referred to as a dog, amen? And I know some of you are going to be just incensed by this, but this is what the Word of God says. It talks about bringing the price of a dog. That is a male homosexual prostitute. And it says you can't bring the price, that money, into the temple. It was rejected. And if you found a homosexual, and they had to be killed. But let me also say that in the Old Testament, if a child lied to his parents and was rebellious towards them, and if they corrected him and they didn't respond to that correction, then the parents were to bring him to the elders of the city. And if he wouldn't respond to them, and if he persisted in his rebellion, you were to kill rebellious children. Now, some people think, well, man, that's terrible. But the reason for all of this is in the Old Testament, you could not get delivered of demonic things. And rebellion is demonic. 
Over in 1 Samuel chapter 15, this is where Samuel was rebuking Saul for not obeying God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and in verse 23, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And so people today, see, we have lowered our standards so much that we see rebellion in our children and we just let it go. We don't kill our children today the way you did in the Old Testament because today people can be changed. We can be born again. The Lord can forgive us. In the book of Acts, it says that you can be forgiven of all things from which you could not be forgiven under the law of Moses. And so I believe things have changed today, not because it's now acceptable to be rebellious, not because it's now acceptable to be homosexual, but rather people can be changed. So I am not advocating that we kill uh, homosexuals, even though that was done in the Old Testament. It was done because people could not be delivered. You just had to purge that stuff like a cancer and get it out of society. If God hadn't have done things like this, there literally would not have been a virgin left for the Lord Jesus to have been born through and come and redeem us. And so under the Old Testament, you see this wrath and severity, but under the New Covenant, praise God, there is forgiveness. But it doesn't mean that it's now right to practice homosexuality just because you can be forgiven and that you no longer kill homosexuals. No, it's still wrong. It's just now that we reach out in love to these people and that's what I'm doing. I'm telling people the truth because this is what the Scripture says. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 13 says, If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Again, praise God for Jesus that He bore this sin and now you don't kill the homosexuals but you know what? It's still wrong. And again, if you believe in the Bible, you're going to have to adopt the Bible's philosophy about homosexuality, and it's not good. And you know what? People, I'm sure, are incensed at me all over the world because I am going against what is politically correct, but I do not apologize for believing the Bible. And people can sit there and you'll misrepresent me and people will say all kinds of terrible things about me. And I'm sure, you know, I've done this in the past. I've mentioned these things in the past. And we've lost partners who say that they agree with me, but that I shouldn't be saying these things. I'm telling you, it's just the opposite. We need to speak out. We need to be telling the truth. We are being sold a bill of goods and told by people that homosexuality is acceptable and it's not. In the book of Romans... It lists the uh, gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's Romans 1.16. And that word gospel there is talking about the good news that God has paid for our sins. And then immediately in verses 18 through 21, Paul starts answering this question about, but don't you have to tell people about how terrible they are and show them what great sinners they are? And he says in verses 18 through 21 that no, there is an intuitive knowledge on the inside of every person of right and wrong. And it says, God has revealed Himself from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men. And it goes on to say in verse 20 that they are without excuse. And so the point, the reason I'm making, bringing these scriptures out is to say that homosexual, homosexuals know in their heart that it's wrong. That's what the Bible says, Romans 18, 1, 18 through 20. 
And they can sit there and tell you that, no, it's not wrong, and I have no conviction, and it's just perfectly right. But that is not true. The only exception to what I'm saying right here, it does say in Romans chapter 1 that people, when they get into homosexuality, that is the last step before a person becomes reprobate. And that's where God just takes all conviction away from them. So it's possible that there are some homosexuals that have gone so far that their conscience has been seared with a hot iron as it talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. And it's possible that they are just totally reprobate. It says in John chapter 6 and in verse 44, it says, No man can come unto the Father except the Holy Spirit draw him. And if God quits drawing people, if He quits dealing with us and convicting us and drawing us to Himself, and if He just says, All right, you want, to, you want me to leave you alone? I'll leave you alone. And once that happens, a person is reprobate. They're apostate. And I do believe that there are some people today promoting that they have no conviction about this whatsoever because they've crossed that line and God has just turned them over to a reprobate mind. You can read about that in Romans chapter 1. But going back to Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, God has already shown Himself in a person's heart that homosexuality is wrong. And they are fighting this conviction. They are fighting this condemnation, this knowledge that it's wrong. And they may not recognize it as being God. Maybe they look at it as society, that society is what's made me feel this way and society is what made me depressed. And it's because they are condemning me. It's not society. It's your own conscience. It's your own heart that's condemning you. And so people are reaching out and they don't want just tolerance. You know, personally, I don't know anybody who persecutes homosexuals. And I know that there are going to be some people shocked at that statement and you might cite some things. I've heard of some religious groups that have beat up homosexuals that are mean towards them and stuff like that. I've heard of those kind of things, but I'm saying I don't know anybody who personally does that. Our Bible college, we teach against the practice of homosexuality, but we have reached out to homosexuals. We have uh, transgender people that have come to our Bible school. We have accepted them. We have loved them. We have not criticized them. We haven't treated anybody bad. And so I'm saying that there may be some fringe elements that you know hurt people and physically abuse them and taunt them, and I'm not endorsing that at all. That is not a Christian godly attitude. But I am saying that, you know what, the fact that we tolerate and we don't condemn you and we aren't against you, that should be sufficient. But the homosexual community is not wanting to stop there. They actually want acceptance. They want it to be promoted as being an accepted lifestyle, and it's not. There's just a lot of scriptures on this. So in Romans chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, look at these verses. It says, Wherefore God gave them up to unclean, also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forevermore. When it talks about that He gave them up to their own hearts' desires to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, that's talking about all types of sexual impurity, but it includes homosexuality. It goes on to say in the next verses, in verse uh, 26, it says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Now this is talking about homosexuality, and notice that it's called a vile affection. 
If you claim to be a Christian, if you are trying to base a philosophy, your worldview on what the Word says, here's what the Word of God says, that homosexuality is a vile affection. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. You know, receiving in themselves that recompense of error, I believe that that includes, it may not be limited to, but it includes all the sexually transmitted diseases, AIDS, which is still predominantly uh, among homosexual people. It's not the only way it can be transmitted, but that is the dominant way. And this is just a uh, meat result of those actions. Now, this is not to say that God is punishing those people and judging those people with AIDS. I believe that there are just natural consequences to actions. And when you start doing these things, it is against nature and there are natural consequences and results of this. And this is what it's saying, that they received in their bodies the natural recompense of their error, which was meat. In other words, it was just. That's the kind of thing that they deserved. And in verse 28 it says, "...and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And so if you go through Romans chapter 1, it just lists progressive steps away from God. I've got an entire teaching on this entitled, The Four Keys to Staying Full of God, and it's based on Romans 1.21. And it begins right there in that 21st verse to start showing progressive steps that people have to take away from God to where they don't glorify God. They aren't thankful. They quit using their imagination in a positive way and they start imagining only evil things. Their heart becomes darkened and then it just talks about idolatry and then it goes on through sexual sins and when it gets down to homosexuality and lesbianism, that is the last straw before a person is given over to a reprobate mind. I believe that actually some people through those actions, have crossed that line and it's just like they are out there with no conviction of God. They have seared their conscience with a hot iron. They have calloused themselves to the things of God and it is the last stages before being totally reprobate. That's what the Scripture has to say about homosexuality. That's not all of it, but uh, that's a lot of it. I've already shown from Scripture that God holds them accountable, but here are statistics. And I know some of you are going to be shocked with this, but this is from A.P. Bell and M.S. Weinberg, and it's a, a book about homosexualities, a study of diversity among men and women. And it is not necessarily anti-homosexual. It just was a study done on this. And here are some of the findings that they came up with. 43% of white male homosexuals have sex with 500 or more partners in their lifetime. Now anybody, I don't care whether you're talking about homosexuality or heterosexuality, if you have 500 partners in a lifetime, you are not normal. Some people may argue with that, but man, I, that is not my definition of normal. That is abnormal. That is perverse. And that is detrimental. If you looked at a heterosexual couple and if they had 500 partners in a lifetime, I guarantee you, you would not consider that a moral 
uh, upstanding citizen. You would look at that as a perversion. And this is the statistics for homosexuality. 43% of white male homosexuals have sex with 500 or more partners in their lifetime. 28% of white male homosexuals have over 1,000 sex partners in their lifetime. That is not normal. That is abnormal. In my book, we have a chart of percentages reporting sexual fidelity. And among married females, over 80% claim that they are faithful to their partners. Among married males, there is over 70% that report that they are faithful to their partners. Among heterosexual males, there is, I think it's about... Three to four percent, it's certainly less than five percent of homosexuals are faithful to their partners. Now this is aside from the fact that homosexuality in itself is wrong. Even if you try and present it as an accepted lifestyle, the statistics show that less than five percent of homosexuals are faithful to their partners. That shows that it's an immoral uh, relationship. Most of society would say that having relationships that are stable and you're faithful in your commitment that you vowed that you're going to be faithful to this person, that your word is still important. Now we see a decrease in that and people, certainly even uh, hom heterosexual people are violating their covenant, but it's a reason for concern. You know, there's nearly 50% of heterosexual marriages that fail in divorce. And that's a reason for concern. That's not something to be accepted and promoted. But among homosexuals, it's less than 5% have faithfulness to their mate. That is a perversion. That is wrong. That is detrimental. It destroys people's lives. It causes hurt and pains in people's lives. It is not the way to live. And that is statistically nearly 50% of all homosexuals have uh, up 500 or more partners in a lifetime. That is a perversion. And somebody uh, will say, well, I know some homosexual couple that's been married for 20 years, but that is an exception rather than the rule. Listen to what uh, President Obama said. First of all, let me just say that on May the 8th, 2012, I was in Atlanta when this happened, and North Carolina passed a constitutional amendment that defined marriage solely as the union between a man and a woman. They became the 30th state to adopt this position. Again, the media tries to present it that homosexuality is a main mainstream force in America. Well, it is among the liberal media, but it's not among the populace. 30 out of 50 states have passed a resolution that defined marriage as a union between a man and a woman. And it passed by 61% to 39%. That is an overwhelming majority. That's a bigger majority than most presidents are elected by. It is an overwhelming majority in North Carolina, and they were the 30th state. That exact same, in spite of this, I think it was uh, the next day that the president, Obama, came out in full support of gay marriage. He cited friends and members of his own staff, and this is a quote from President Obama on May the 9th, 2012. He said that many of his staff who are in incredibly committed monogamous relationships, same-sex relationships, who are raising their kids together 
And he presented it that they are in incredibly monogamous relationships. Again, these statistics that I've shown show that nearly 50% of all homosexuals have over 500 partners in a lifetime. 23% of male homosexuals, white homosexuals in the U.S. have a thousand or more partners. And yet he says they are in incredibly monogamous relationships. Now somebody might say, well, maybe the people he's talking about are, and maybe that they are very upstanding people. Well, let me just suppose that that's true. I don't necessarily believe that that's true. But let me just suppose that the people the president was talking about are in monogamous homosexual relationships. If that's so, according to statistics, less than 5% of homosexuals are faithful to their partners. The average homosexual relationship lasts one and a half years. That's the average. And 95% of the couple in a relationship lasting longer than five years have an open agreement to engage in outside sexual relationship. Now that's by their own standards. And by comparison, almost 50% of heterosexual marriages last more than 20 years. Can you see that, that heterosexual marriage has a endurance, if you want to use that word, of nearly 20 times as much as homosexual relationships? Homosexual relationships do not last, and even the ones who do last, it says that 95% of the people who continue in homosexual relationships have an agreement to participate or allow their mate to participate in outside sexual activities with other people. That is perverse. That is not normal. That is not a good environment to be raising kids in. That is not a lifestyle to promote and say that it is a normal relationship. Here's another chart that shows length of relationships. Among heterosexual couples, uh, 80%, nearly 80%, close to 80% last five years. Among homosexuals, it's less than 30%. Among heterosexuals, there are over 60-something percent last 10 years or more. Among homosexuals, it's just barely over 10%. Among heterosexuals, there are... Um, 50-something percent that last over 15 years and um, right at 50% that last 20 years or more. But among homosexuals, for 15 years, there is uh, just a minuscule amount. I can't tell by looking at this chart exactly, but it's less than 5% last 15 years or more. Again, showing you that heterosexuals' relationships are the ones that God made you have God working to bring those relationships and keep them together. When people get into homosexuality, it is outside of God. It is a perversion and it doesn't work. Here's another statistic about homosexuality. Partner violence is also much higher in homosexual relationships than they are among heterosexual. Among lesbians, it says the partner abuse rate is 44 times greater than in heterosexual relationships. Now that is astronomical. That is astronomical. 44 times greater. Lesbians, the sexual abuse, physical abuse among their relationship. Among gay men, the rate at which males are abused by their partner is 300 times greater. Now these are revealing statistics. And I tell you, if there wasn't already a philosophy, 
a prejudice, a bias that people have just embraced this and they're afraid to challenge it and say it. If you had any other behavior, let's say that this was eating ice cream. And if person ate this certain type of ice cream, they abused their partner 44 or 300 times as much. I guarantee you that they would outlaw that. They would do something about it. You know, in New York, they have laws now that govern fatty foods and sodas and things like this, and they're regulating all of these minute, minuscule things, and yet they are openly promoting uh, homosexuality and lesbianism, which is a destructive lifestyle that is causing damage to people, hurting people, destroying relationships. They cannot maintain those relationships. It's absolutely hypocritical. It is totally hypocritical to act that way. It says those rates of violence are extremely abnormal. It isn't true that homosexual relationships are just like a heterosexual relationship. It's not true. So we have a, a chart here or a graph showing homosexual violence among lesbians. Um, man, it's 10% uh, of lesbians have partner violence. Among married women, it's minuscule. Uh, homosexual men, it is over 14% uh, have sexual uh, partner violence. Among married men, it's minuscule again. And so these sources are, come from nature and con uh, extent, nature and consequences of intimate partner violence. U.S. Department of Justice, Office of Justice Programs, uh, inter intimate partner violence. So all of these are government statistics and these are not something that I came up with. This is U.S. statistics. So in addition to being sexually and physically harmful, a study performed in England found that homosexuals are at least 50% more likely to suffer from depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. And uh, if you look at the lesbians, it's the exact same thing among them. You know, if anything else caused these kind of results, I guarantee you, our society would ban it. For instance, our society has put warnings on cigarette labels that the Surgeon General has determined that this could be hazardous to your health. Did you know that cigarettes take between 7 and 10 years off the average user's life? Homosexuality takes 20 years off of the average lifespan of a homosexual. It is over twice as deadly. If we were going to be honest, if we weren't politically correct and biased and had a philosophy that automatically just embraced homosexuality and rejected any standard that challenges it, if we were honest and open, we would put warning labels on homosexuality. We would say something against it. It is a destructive lifestyle, and yet people just bury their head and will not face these statistics. A separate study published in the medical journal BMC uh, Psychiatry noted that the risk of suicide jumped over 200% for individuals who had engaged in a homosexual lifestyle. That is absolutely amazing. If there was some kind of physical substance, like say for instance, if, if there was a food that caused people to commit suicide twice as much as people who don't eat that food. I guarantee you that the United States government would outlaw that. 
We put warning on cigarette labels because that takes somewhere between 7 and 10 years off the average smoker's life. And yet homosexuality takes 20 years off the average homosexual's life. And we don't ever mention that. We feel like that if we mention this, somehow or another we're prejudiced, we're biased, we're homophobic. No, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm the one that's not biased. Man, I know some people are going to find this hard to believe and you're going to criticize me, but I'm telling you, I'm the one with the open mind. I'm the one that's reached out and loved homosexuals and I've seen many people set free and I've helped people like that. And the other people who criticize me and say, you shouldn't even be mentioning these things. You shouldn't be telling people these truths. Of course, you probably wouldn't call it truths, but they are truths. And you want to hide these truths because you don't want to deter people from homosexuality. I do because it's a destructive lifestyle. It is not acceptable according to the Word of God. And my philosophy is based on the Word of God. And I tell you, it's a destructive lifestyle. But here are these natural things that if you believe any of this, if you believe these reports and studies, homosexuals are 200% Uh, more likely to commit suicide. And so the logical thing when you uh, identify behavior like this and you see it is to warn people about who, who are engaging in this behavior that it's detrimental to their life. And that's all I'm doing. Am I telling you that God hates you? No. I'm saying your sins have been paid for. But I'm saying homosexuality is a sin. And it's a destructive sin. And it gives Satan an inroad into your life. Those of you that are participating in this, I guarantee you, you, it's just like you have taken out all of the filters and you are allowing Satan free access to your life. And John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give you abundant life. Homosexuality, lesbianism, Uh, transgender is not abundant life. That is not the way God made you to be. It is a lie. It's a deception from the devil. And Satan is out to destroy your life. In Massachusetts, the father of a kindergartner was arrested and taken to jail during a scheduled meeting with the elementary school principal and member of the school board over objections to homosexuality curriculum that was being presented in his son's kindergarten class. You know, this is just, this is phenomenal. Uh, Again, homosexuals don't want to just be left alone. Here's a question I have, and I've, I've never heard anybody else mention this, and I've never heard anybody respond to it. It may not resonate with you, but to me, why would a homosexual go around presenting that they are a homosexual, promoting it? That's a private thing. If you, if you want to be a homosexual, I'm telling you it's a destructive lifestyle. I am not for it. But if you are committed to being a homosexual, then why don't you just be a homosexual and, and just be one and not go out and flaunt it and promote it? You know what? I don't walk up to a stranger and tell them I'm a heterosexual. I've got a wife and I'm married and I don't sit there and start promoting my sexual activity. I don't do it. How come the... Uh, homosexuals are so proactive in promoting all of this stuff and promoting it in a kindergarten class. What is the point of this? Except that, see, they are looking for acceptance. They are not only looking for equality, they're looking for uh, preferment. They want exceptional treatment. 
And this proves it because this man in a kindergarten class objected to the homosexual teaching curriculum being taught in a kindergarten class. And even though Massachusetts has a law that allow parents to opt their children out of curriculum that they don't approve of, the education authority in Lexington refused to allow parents to opt their kids out of the homosexual classes. And it was because they interpreted Massachusetts law of acceptance and uh, 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 what do you call it, a stamp of approval on homosexuality as it had to be promoted. They interpreted the law that way and uh, they began to start saying that this man was evil because he was not promoting a homosexual lifestyle. You know, that is absolutely wrong. This is a fulfillment of what was said in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, where it says in the last days people would call evil good and good evil. And this is exactly what's happening. I tell you, this is a terrible indictment against our society. It is a last step away from God. I pray, God, that we haven't gone too far. And I pray that if any of you have just, you know, been listening to the secular world and you get your morality from your movies and from your books and that's where you get your standards of right and wrong, I'm telling you the truth in the hope that you will humble yourself and go to the Word of God and check it out and start basing your philosophy on what God's Word says. But I tell you, our society is just right side... I mean, uh, wrong side up. We're calling evil good and good evil. The homosexual community isn't just pressing for equal rights. They're wanting preferred treatment. They are wanting recognition. They are wanting, uh, they're actually wanting to discriminate against uh, heterosexual couples. And someone might say, that is not what would happen. It's already happened. This example that I gave you of this father in Massachusetts, they are actually punishing him because he didn't promote and encourage homosexuality. It's not just a matter of tolerating. It's a matter of they are actually promoting their agenda. That's what they're after, and it's already happened. If the homosexuals are granted an equal status, what it will amount to is that uh, people just like this parent are going to have to force They are going to be forced to encourage their children and speak that this is a normal type of activity. Uh, Pastors of churches will be forced to start marrying homosexual couples and violating their own religious standards. Ministries like mine will be forced to start opening it up to homosexuals. And if we don't, then there will be some kind of a labor dispute and prejudice and we could be jailed and things like this. In Canada, I, was, I just held a meeting in Canada the very first time I ever ministered up there and I had somebody who was at the meeting send me a thing that in Canada they have accepted homosexual relationships and they have actually, the government has established some kind of a, I, I probably get the terminology wrong so I'll just describe it rather than trying to quote the exact thing, but it's some kind of a gay lesbian task force that enforces Hate, hate speech against them. And they are now monitoring every single word that any person says. If you were talking to a friend and if you said something against homosexuality, if you said, I don't believe in that, I don't believe that that's what the Bible teaches, you could be turned into this task force and it now has government ability that they can fine you, punish you, put you in jail and do things. 
Now this has just been started and I don't know that there's been any actual people incarcerated, but this is where it's leading to. It's going to get to where it is going to have to be promoted and accepted. You know, this reminds me of going back to uh, evolution when I was talking with Dr. Carl Ball and I did those interviews with him during the Scopes Monkey Trial. Uh, one of the criticisms was, and the guy who was the lawyer for the for the person who was coming against the school system because he mentioned evolution and they fined him for it, this man said it was totally unacceptable that any one theory should be taught as the origin of life. And that was the basis of the Scopes Monkey Trial. And they threw open the door to teaching evolution. But now, years later, it is exactly what they were lobbying against. Now, if you teach creationism, you are considered to be a bigot and to be non-scientific. And now there is only one view taught. The very thing that they said should not happen is exactly what's happening. And if the gay and lesbians have their way, it's not going to be a matter of simple tolerance. What it's going to be is that if you promote a marriage between a man and a woman and a traditional family unit, and if you say that this is the best way, this is a superior way, you could be jailed, you could be fined, you could be punished for that. And I can guarantee you that's where it's leading. It's already happened. I quoted this example in Massachusetts. And uh, there's just all of these things. There's been pastors that have been sued because they wouldn't marry homosexual couples. There have been ministries like mine that have had to close their doors because the homosexuals tried to get in and then filed a discrimination suit when the religious group failed to hire them because they didn't believe in their values. And this is where it's going. And these are the things that are happening. This is not a godly thing. If you have a Christian philosophy, you would have to reject homosexuality. Here's some health risk associated with homosexuality. It says many increased health risks also come associated with uh, homosexuality. Males adopt, that adopt a homosexual lifestyle have a 30% chance of dying or contracting HIV by age 30. Man, that's an amazing statement right there. Again, AIDS is not only transmitted through homosexuality, but that is one of the dominant ways that it is transmitted. And uh, if you are a homosexual, you have a 30% chance of dying from AIDS. Now, if you had any other behavior... See, if if it was something that you couldn't control, that's one thing. But this is a lifestyle choice. It is not genetic. It is a choice, and it is a choice that has damaging, destructive behavior uh, effects to it. And if people were honest, if you had something that was going to cause you to be one out of three people, you were going to die of AIDS if you do it. I guarantee you'd be absolutely stupid to do it. And forgive me for being blunt and honest, but I'm telling you that homosexuals is like playing Russian roulette. And you are opening yourself up to all kinds of potential uh, damages, one of them being one out of three homosexuals will uh, contract or die of AIDS. Man, that's just amazing. If this was anything else, if it was food, if it was any kind of lifestyle, if it was living in a certain place, if it was being exposed to the sun, if it was any of these things 
that, you know, the liberal agenda will attack because it's not a moral, immoral stance. Basically, the liberals basically are promoting immorality and any challenge of that, they just fight against it. But if it's not immoral, if it's food, if it's sun, if it's something like that, man, they will come out and they will criticize that and take a stand against it. But if it's a moral issue, then they think that you are biased and prejudiced if you have anything to say against it. But homosexuality takes about 20 years off the average male homosexual's life. That is a damaging thing. Data as of 1989 show that the rates of anal cancer in male homosexual practitioners to be 10 times that of heterosexual males and growing. I know that this isn't pleasant. Some people don't want to hear this, but I'm just trying to make my point. I've already shared it from Scripture that it's wrong. The Scripture says it's wrong and we should base our beliefs on Scripture, but, you know, you don't have to be confined to Scripture. Here are physical, natural things. If you are a homosexual, you have ten times the chance of getting uh, anal cancer. That is just stupid, and I don't have to go into explanation about why that is, but it is wrong, wrong, wrong. It's perverse. It's wrong. Amen. I don't know how many times I have to say that, but apparently more than what I've said. And so the prevalence of anal cancer among gay men is of great concern for those with AIDS. The rates are doubled. So if you are a homosexual that has AIDS, then it becomes 20 times more likely that you're going to have anal cancer. Why in the world would you do something like that? How dumb can you get and still breathe? Here's some more stats. Lesbians are at a higher risk for certain uh, gynecological cancers. You know, I should be able to say that, but... Sorry, this is not my normal terminology. And they are more than twice as likely as straight women to be obese, which is associated with higher risk of cancer, heart disease. Gay men are twice as likely to have been diagnosed with and survive cancer and are at higher risk for anal, lung, testicular, and immune system cancers. Experts also believe that lesbians are more likely to get breast cancer than heterosexual women. The list of health risks goes on and on and on. Let me just summarize some of the things that we've talked about. Partner violence is 44 times greater among lesbians and 300 times greater among homosexual men. Homosexuals are at least 50% more likely to suffer from depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. The risk of suicide is 200% greater for homosexuals. Homosexuals are twice as likely to contact AIDS. Life expectancy is reduced by 20 years among homosexuals. Homosexual men are twice as likely to have been diagnosed with cancer. Lesbians are at a higher risk for breast cancer. Lesbians are twice as likely to be obese. And on and on and on we could go. I don't know how many reasons you need not to, particip to participate in this lifestyle. But you know, the Bible says, John eight thirty two, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The homosexual community is not presenting these truths. They will probably get mad. There's probably a lot of people who will be upset with me and say, those things couldn't be true. If those things were true, why wouldn't people say it? Because they have an agenda. They have a philosophy. They are out to promote 
immorality. And I believe a lot of it is motivated because they're convicted by their own conscience and they're trying to throw off this conviction. And so by getting acceptance and recognition from the general public to present a homosexual relationship as being just as valid and just as normal as a heterosexual relationship, it helps them to deal with this guilt and condemnation that comes from their own conscience. And so they have an agenda and they aren't going to tell you these things. Everything I've said, there are statistics for it. You know, we have this new teaching out, and like I've said before, this book is different than a lot of my other books. The first half is teaching from Scripture on theological issues, but the second half is all about evolution, homosexuality, and abortion, and we have charts and graphs, statistics on this. All of these things that I've talked about are in here, and they have quotes and uh, places that you can go to verify the information that we've talked about. And I tell you, you need to get this material. If you already believe and agree with the philosophy that I'm presenting from the Word of God, then you need these statistics. This is going to be like a reference book to help you to represent these things and to quote this and to quote the sources and to represent this to people who may be around you that you could reach out and love and help them. If you are wavering on this, If these things that I've said are new to you and maybe you are in the process of changing your philosophy and saying, well, maybe some of the things that I've accepted haven't been exactly honestly presented to me, well, then you need to get this and study it. But I tell you, I believe this is going to be good. And we not only have the book, we have the study guide. I have DVDs that were made from our television broadcast. And then we have CDs that are brand new teaching on this. And I tell you, you need to confront these things. You need to search it out and see whether these things are so or not.